today on the Tearsheet Podcast. So this brings me to, to Demo 2.0. Demo 2.0, first of all, it brings interoperability across all of these networks. So if you look at each and every demo customer that is already in production using a demo for their network, Demo 2.0 allows all of these networks to connect and behave as, as a single network. Conceptually, I think of it kind of like the internet is a network of networks, but we tend to think of it as just one thing, the internet. I don't really think about how the, the internet is deployed and I just connect to it through my, uh, through my browser. And Demo 2.0 gives that same experience where if I'm, a, if I'm a bank and I'm connected to both the Hong Kong exchange, the Australian Securities Exchange, Deutsche Börse, NASDAQ, all of these are demo users, but I feel as if I'm just connected into one demo network not into multiple different demo networks. Welcome to the Tearsheet Podcast. I'm Tearsheet Editor-in-Chief, Zach Miller. We've got digital assets Shal Kafir on the show today. Digital asset helps power what it calls the global economic network, an ecosystem of interconnected global networks across which information and value are transacted. If the internet is the network of networks, that's what digital asset is creating around financial services firms. Think of a global settlement network that includes multiple financial companies and can connect in blockchain just as well as it can in Oracle database. Shaul talks about the firm's new rollout of its software Daml 2.0 and how it's evolved over time. We also discuss the partnership digital asset cut with Settle on the blockchain protocol, which will underpin the regulated liability network. If you're looking for a view into where the world is headed with blockchain and its intersection with the incumbent financial industry, you're going to want to pay attention. Shaul Kafir is my guest today on the Tearsheet Podcast. Everyone is talking about crypto and where it fits into the incumbent financial services industry. But there are a handful of firms making it happen. Today, we're seeing the emergence of the winners sitting at the intersection of blockchain and banking, lending, and payments. To explore this topic deeply, Tearsheet is hosting its first ever bank chain conference, May 24th to the 25th. We've got firms like Coinbase, Paxos, Ripple, Anchorage, Zero Hash, and more talking about the projects they're working on today that will define financial services in the future. Come on over to Tearsheet's website and click on conferences to get your complimentary ticket. I'm Shaul Kfir. I'm a co-founder and the chief architect of Digital Asset. I manage our technology strategy, vision direction, and uh, the implementation of our technology. So, so let's talk about what Digital Asset does. Can we start with that? Yeah, definitely. Uh, so Digital Asset is a software company. Uh, our tools help financial institutions and other enterprises uh, build networks and applications that span across organizations, uh, driving their economic value. So we have a core technology called Demo which is an open source platform for building these multi-party applications. So at, at its core, Daml contains uh, a smart contract language and uh, some powerful tooling that lets the customers define the data schemas, semantics, and execution uh, of transactions between parties. So this can be across an industry, across multiple financial institutions or multiple banks within an industry who want to create some sort of new networks, new workflow, or new application across those companies. So can you give us a real life example of how um, some of your clients are using these, uh, using Daml, I guess, to power these ecosystems that you're describing? Yes, definitely. Uh, we, have, uh, we have a large base of customers within the financial uh, space. So for example, we count five of the top 10 global exchanges as our customers mm -hmm. uh, and many other tier one uh, financial institutions. So maybe one example is 
the ASX, the Australian Securities Exchange, mm-hmm. they're using Demo to completely replace their clearinghouse and electronic uh, sub-register system called Chess with a smart contract-based uh, solution. So when uh, the new version of Chess goes live, any financial institution in Australia who is connected to Chess can actually participate in a distributed network where they themselves are a node on that uh, in that network mm-hmm. and in real time seeing the changes of their positions and, and the transactional uh, workflows in, in chess. And so what's the advantage of doing it, I guess, with smart contracts and, and powered by blockchain versus the, the old school way? So there are uh, there are multiple problems that, that our customers are trying to, to solve, but I think uh, first and foremost, it's very hard to develop and operate software that, that lets enterprises transact with each other. And when I say transact, I'm talking about the technical term transact, as in a transaction that happens atomically across uh, across enterprises. Uh, each enterprise needs to run their own systems and store their own data. But these silos make uh, multi-party workflows very, very slow and inconsistent and, and opaque. And these disconnected systems across multiple companies, they require constant reconciliation and operational overhead. And they increase the, the risk to these enterprises because they don't necessarily have a real-time intraday view of, uh, of what their positions are. Um, and, uh, and, and this, this lack of, of communication is, is a problem. And it also slows down the, uh, the innovation in the space because now every time we want to change, to roll out a new product, to, to change a workflow, all of these enterprises need to agree on what is the change in the workflow. They need to each upgrade their own system at their own pace and coordinate all of this. And it makes upgrades that seem very trivial uh, take sometimes years, so that's that's a huge problem. Once we move to a uh, to a multi-party application where it feels as if we're building one application, but this application runs across multiple companies, now it's much easier to go and and define together these these data schemas, these semantics, and to upgrade in lockstep with everyone while we have real-time reconciliation. So we always have a constant, honest view and true view that's always synchronized with all of our counterparties. Uh, reducing a lot of this risk that that I mentioned. And Shaw, I want to ask you something. Like you, it sounds like you were very careful in your description of what you do. You mentioned smart contracts, but there was no mention of blockchain or crypto or anything like that. I assume that's by design. Um, why? Why not? <laughs> good good yeah. catch. And that is by design. I'll, I'll start with um, uh, our tools demo. They uh, they help you build the application. They give you the abstraction to build the application. And it lets you, and when I say you, I mean the customer, it lets our customers really think about the, the business of their business, about the semantics of their business. They don't need to care about how the runtime actually works. Then we provide drivers for multiple different technologies. And some of our customers choose to run on uh, blockchains. For example, the Australian Securities Exchange, who I mentioned, they decide to go with uh, VMware blockchain. So they are going to be running on a blockchain. But some other customers, uh, for example, the Hong Kong uh, Exchange, have decided to go with their own technologies with, with the time-tested Oracle databases that they're used to uh, using. And, uh, and our technology knows how to federate these uh, different instances of Oracle databases or Postgres databases to give the same experience that people expect of blockchains. So really you can deploy demo applications to blockchains or to traditional databases. And I'll say, say uh, the word blockchain means a lot of things to, to many people. And I think kind of there are two big buckets. There's the new asset class and cryptocurrency side of things and stable coins. That's one thing and, uh, and some companies deal with that. That's not our focus. Our focus is on building technology. So say, taking the same concepts of blockchain, taking the same vision sometimes, 
of some of the public blockchains, but applying that to how do you build better enterprise software uh, that, that reduces those silos across organizations. Got it. Um, that was a very good explanation. Thank you. Um, and, and you're moving on to DML 2.0. You have an announcement that uh, this is the next generation that software um, maybe describe what it is and what's changed. Yes. Uh, well, actually, before I describe demo 2.0, so maybe to to explain a little bit about uh, demo 1.0. So, mm -hmm. uh, demo solved that problem that I mentioned about building these multi-party applications. Uh, and and one of the problems when blockchain started, our, our company started in 2014, and all of the co-founders came from the public uh, blockchain space and were very involved in, in the early days of cryptocurrencies. And we wanted to apply those same learnings to uh, to enterprises to see how we can bring those technologies. Uh, to, to enterprise. But there was this, this kind of chicken and egg problem where you have a lot of the public blockchains were saying, here's the, you know, the best network in the world and just join our network. But that's, that's not how enterprises work and think. And we had to provide value from day one and really prove that this new technology provides a lot of value um, uh, straight off the bat from, for, for people to use. So with Demo 1.0, we really focused on how do we get all of the right tools, all of the right structure, all of the, the tools that give the highest productivity to our customers, where they really see the value from day one. And that, that's where those exchange companies that, that I, uh, uh, those exchange customers that I mentioned, we said, okay, this solves a problem for me on day one. The limitation there was that uh, each of these applications has its own network. So since you can think of this as slightly larger data silos, and this is very similar to everything that happened in the private blockchain space, which was, now we have a multi-party network across multiple organizations. They are using demo uh, and, and they build these applications that really solve a lot of their problems, but they don't yet go fully towards that vision of, of a global economic network. The things we've been hearing a lot from the, from the public blockchain uh, advocates. So this brings me to, to demo 2.0. Demo 2.0, first of all, it brings interoperability across all of these networks. So if you look at each and every demo customer that is already in production using a demo for their network, demo 2.0 allows all of these networks to connect and behave as, as a single network. Conceptually, I think of it kind of like the internet is a network of networks, but we tend to think of it as just one thing, the internet. I don't really think about how the, the internet is deployed and I just connect to it through my, uh, through my browser. And demo 2.0 gives that same experience where if I'm a, if I'm a bank and I'm connected to both the Hong Kong exchange, the Australian Securities Exchange, Deutsche Börse, NASDAQ, all of these are demo users, but I feel as if I'm just connected into one demo network, not into multiple different demo networks. So it really starts giving that feel of a much more global economic, uh, economic network. And each of these can make their own technology choices. So each of these customers, some will be on Oracle database, some on Postgres, some will be on a, a, on a blockchain, but these, these all connect and give one feeling of one uh, experience. The, so is, is that evolution, I just want to ask a, a follow-up question, is that evolution a technological evolution about making it feel like it's on one network? What, what I guess, what, what, what empowered the change? Yes, it is a technological evolution. This is something that we had to design up front when we started with Demo back in 2014, 2015. This was the direction we were going. So we had to design for this upfront and we've been working on this Demo 2.0 rollout for, uh, for four years now. Um, so this is technology enabled. It is non-trivial to go and give the right tools that both at the, uh, that at the conceptual level, you feel like you're developing a network for your own use case, but actually can connect seamlessly to, to all other networks. 
with all of the security properties. And that's really the, the hard thing. If you look at public blockchains, they, they give you this ability to transact and they give you this ability to write workflows across multiple parties or multiple companies, but they don't give you that with the privacy and all of the security tools that, that, uh, that enterprises need. So that is a technology problem and giving that a great developer experience and, and making the user very productive in that, that's, that's a, both a user experience uh, challenge as well as a, as a, as well as a technology challenge. Yeah. It sounds like a massive challenge. I guess that, that leads me to, to another question. How, how would you describe your customers, your prospective customers readiness for smart contract technology? Uh, it's, it's a great question. They are ready. I think, mm-hmm. um, our tools really look like enterprise tools. They don't look like, uh, Ethereum smart contracts or, or something like that. So from the perspective of developers, they're ready. They look at it. It feels like the things they uh, know. Maybe the language is a bit different because it has slightly different uh, uh, constructs. But the integrations into their enterprise environment, into their uh, into their security tools, into their identity management tools, all that looks and feels the same as anything they are uh, uh, they're used to seeing. It took some time from an educational perspective to get people comfortable with this idea of uh, of network spanning organizations. But I think this is where we have come, uh, you know, blockchains are now 12 years old, enterprise blockchains are seven years old. We've gotten to the point where we're no longer educating and, and getting against that pushback. It's more around the concrete, how do I integrate into this system or that system and how do I report to the regulators? So we're really now in the nitty gritty of, uh, of, of enterprise use cases and that's, that's great. And we have enough production use cases already where it's, it's, it's already proven technology, not with too many years of, of runway, but it is proven technology and it's working. And, and uh, I'd also say that almost all of our customers, once they start with one use case, they continue to do a second and a third use case and they go more and more towards their core business. So it's, it's really proven. We have those customer testimonials already. Uh, so it's, it's no longer that uh, fighting that uphill battle of educating on, uh, on these multi-party networks and, and blockchain. Is there, just going back to what you said, do you have public information you can share about how a financial institution has started with one application and, and moved, as you said, closer to their core? Uh, yes, I can't give too many examples because uh, they are in public of, of the second and third uh, uh, applications that, that mm. companies are building. So only those that, I'll only talk about those that I know are, are in the public domain already. Mm-hmm. Um, but I gave the example of the Australian Securities Exchange uh, Goldman Sachs, for example, is using the technology to build a new asset tokenization platform. Mm-hmm. Uh, Goldman has been an investor in digital assets since 2015. Um, and I don't want to speak uh, for, uh, for Goldman, but they see this as an opportunity to uh, unlock new users, assets, and markets in a, in a, in a growing global economy of, of these interconnected networks. Um, it's also an opportunity for them to, uh, to interconnect with other networks creating a more open and, and global uh, marketplace. So it's, it's still early days. I can't dive into uh, too much detail. Another, uh, another large uh, company in the financial space is Deutsche Börse. Mm-hmm. So Deutsche Börse is using the technology to build a digital post-trade platform called D7 to support the digitization of, of German securities. Um, there is a government mandate in Germany to digitize, to digitize all, of the, uh, all of the issuances. And this is this platform is going to provide a, a fully digital alternative to the conven- to the conventional physical issuance and the processing of securities. So a key component of this platform, which we built went live in December 2021, that's the Digital Central Registry, 
Um, but they expect to have 80% of German securities digitized by mid-year wow. and continue building uh, on top of the technology. Uh, so from our perspective, Dell 2.0 is, is a great match for, for D7 to uh, connect into these different networks of the industry, both the things that they are building, Deutsche Bors, and also things that others are building, whether they are built on the central technologies or, or distributed technologies. And, and I can go more, but in the interest of time, I'll pause there and you tell me. Yeah, no, that makes that makes a lot of sense to me. And I, I know I know it's challenging to, to mention specifics about a lot of these projects, but um, I, ha I had made the assumption as we were talking that um, organizations would start with a single use case and then as they get more and more comfortable with it, you know, expand it. Um, yeah, it sounds that that's the case. That, that is the case, but we are seeing that almost every organization, as they go into production, they start thinking about what is the next thing. They start talking with other demo users to see how they can connect uh, with them. And some, even when they're nearing production, start building the second use case. I think this is just a testament to the, uh, to the well, the productivity of the tools themselves, but also this conceptual idea of connecting, uh, connecting multiple organizations and multiple companies. It's just such a powerful idea. And, and once, once you really kind of unlock that, that idea of, of providing value that way, it's, it's hard to move away from that. I also wanted to talk about a recent partnership um, that you guys made. Um, maybe define uh, with whom it was and, and sort of what it spells. Uh, yes, I assume you're talking about the Settle uh, announcement. Yeah, that one. So uh, this is a new partnership for, for our company for Digital Asset to create a new protocol which can be used by regulated institutions to, uh, to launch interoperable uh, tokens. So. It's modeled on uh, something called the Regulated Liability Network or RLN, which is an initiative, an initiative that was first proposed by, uh, by Citibank's uh, Tony McLaughlin. And, uh, and we're developing, uh, it will be developed and, and operated as part of a global uh, uh, RLN, a global regulated liability network. And the idea is to enable uh, banks, central banks and other regulated institutions to create uh, tokens for their customers, which represent liabilities. So if we think of how the two-tiered banking system already works, everything is, is liabilities on the balance sheet. Uh, and, and the idea that, uh, that City introduced was uh, as it's a, a complementary aspect to a, a lot of discussion recently about central banks moving to a more digital currency type uh, 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 technology. They suggested, let's take the current way that banks work with these uh, liabilities and move this onto a newer technology. And, and this goes into the transactional aspect of, of demo. If we could actually have balance sheet changes, which represent the uh, uh, which represent the liabilities changes, but have that transactional across a network of banks, then you really get a much more seamless and interconnected network that will allow a lot of use cases like international settlement and something across a chain of multiple hops, uh, payments use cases. And using the current regulatory framework and the current operational framework and just a newer technology. So we are working together with Settle to, uh, to implement this. And the start of this network is going to provide all the scalability and the privacy that come with both Demo, uh, our technology and, and Settle's technology. And as I mentioned, Demo can run on multiple platforms. Settle has already uh, proven uh, their abilities in the platform space, Demo in the application building space. And it's still early days, so we'll follow on more as we build this out with Settle and, and as we have uh, more details and we'll talk about more details. But this is something that I'm very excited and, and our counterparts at Settle are great folks to work with and have a ton of industry uh, experience and knowledge. And so we're, we're very, uh, very excited about this, this new opportunity. Uh, that sounds like an exciting project. Um, you also just raised a, a boatload of money. Uh, how are you spending it? 
Uh, well, we're spending it on, on continuing to build out. There is uh, a lot more to, to be built and, and to continue working on the vision and to scale the company. Uh, until now, uh, it, it, I have mentioned a lot of our customers and, and big name customers, but the surprising thing is we've done this pretty much without a marketing and sales function in the company. Mm-hmm. We've been really heads down for many, many years uh, working on, on the product itself. So sort of developer led. I mean, is that it? It was uh, the company was very technology led. Mm-hmm. Um, the use cases were customer driven and and really driven by the business uh, the business use cases of, of our customers. But now we're we're really looking to use these funds to uh, uh, to achieve the scale that that our customers expect of of a technology company that powers their very very core infrastructure. So we we will be investing more in our in our partnerships in our uh, in our growth in our sales and support. Uh, and continued uh, continued hiring of, of developers and product people. There is uh, so much more we want to build. Uh, even though it's a fantastic product, we are getting uh, more and more requests, more and more customers, and, and want to continue giving a, a great developer experience. Sounds like an awesome momentum. Joel, thanks for joining us on the Tearsheet Podcast today. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. Mm-hmm.